Welcome to the College Prep Genius Radio Show, where we can answer all your questions about getting college for free. Today, your host is Jean Burke, the author of College Prep Genius, The No-Brainer Way to SAT Success, and you can find her at collegeprepgenius.com. And I'm the moderator, Felice Gerwitz. Welcome. Hi and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with another episode of College Prep Genius. This is episode number 30, and with me on the line is Jean Burke. Welcome, Jean. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today, Jean, about your um, great topic here. We're going to be talking about um, very important uh, interpersonal soft skills that can teach your child some valuable uh, skills on keeping that job once they get a job, and it's things that are very important uh, to any parent uh, for their kids to know. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk a little bit about your College Prep Genius program. You have been busy at work revamping uh, and adding to it in order to match uh, the new uh, programs that are out there for the SAT. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Yes, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, let you know that it's uh, on the um, website right now at collegeprepgenius.com. The uh, company that's been editing it is actually has got most of the lessons up. I mean, it takes a while to get everything loaded up, um, but kids can go ahead and get started. The SAT changed in the beginning of March, and so we've got two more coming up, May and June, and you need to really know the new formatting of the questions. Uh, even though a lot of the general strategies still work, there's still some things that, you know, you need to add to it, as well as, I think, knowing the way the questions have changed, you don't want to go in there and be surprised when you see, you know, questions written, uh, you know, in a passage as opposed to being a standalone question. Uh, so that's really important. So we're really excited. We just got back from the Ohio conference, and we're just slammed with people so excited and interested you know, about the new program. So, you know, I, I'm able to give a little hint in all of my comp, conference speeches. I, you know, I give some strategies. So it really gets people excited. So want to ace the test, get free college, you know, just come to our website. If, if you have questions, certainly email us um, at info at collegeprepgenius.com, and we will answer your questions. Well, that's great. I appreciate that and um, have really been uh, um, enjoying our um, college prep genius course and my kids, um, as I've shared with you, have really uh, enjoyed taking that course and have learned so much. Well, today um, we are going to talk about a fun topic, and the topic is soft skills that pay the bills. And these are uh, part of 13 uh, that we're going to be doing over two episodes. And the first today, we're going to take the first six. Um, and basically, it's the acronym interpersonal, which are what soft skills are. And Jean, you have broken those down. Um, but first, you wanted to share with us some um, very eye-opening quotes. Absolutely. And you know, I, I would encourage all the homeschool moms out there um, that these are things that you're probably doing every day, not even realize that you're doing them as you're training up your children, as you are, you know, disciplining them and guiding them, but sometimes it's just really good to see it in writing so that you can kind of go, wow, we are doing that. I didn't even realize that. You know, as the national conversation on education starts turning, turning toward college, even career readiness 
you know, the attention is increasing on the role of these soft skills that we're going to be talking about is, and in pre preparing our students for that post-secondary success. And, you know, you know, as a test prep um, program that, we, you know, I've had for the last 13 years, you know, certainly the GPAs, SATs, you know, can definitely help predict the academic success. Um, but it doesn't necessarily predict the success in the work field or the workforce. So learning about the mastery of these soft skills is, you know, being directly related to and connecting the overall success of the student. So you kind of got your SATs to get you into college and get that degree, um, but then the soft skills are basically are going to what, you know, will keep the job. So I have some interesting quotes. Um, first one comes from the U.S. Uh, unemployment rate is around 7.9%. So despite this fact, what they're seeing is that employers are still struggling to fill a lot of positions. And it's not due to a lack of candidates, uh, actually, but it's more due to a lack of job seekers with, for lack of a better word, quote, unquote, the right stuff. Uh, so the Association of American Colleges says that nearly 20% of employees um, or employers have cited a lack of soft skills as the key reason that they couldn't hire their needed employees. Paul McDonald of Robert Half said that 85% of your financial success is due to the skills in your personality and the ability to communicate, negotiate, and to lead. But shockingly, only 15% is due to the technical knowledge. So, you know, we're, we're talking about soft skills paying the bills. You know, it's often said that the hard skills get you in the door, they get you the interview, but the soft skills are what's going to keep the job. So, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I, I, I found um, – is the, you know, for all kids to take a test. And there's a free one. There's a great one called Predictable Success. And you can go on and take their quiz. It's, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. And it kind of helps you get an idea of, you know, where your skill set is. You know, a lot of people, it's kind of like the personality test. You know, I love those. I love those kind of career tests. They kind of get you in the right direction. But I think once you get into a company, you know, there's lots of positions to be filled. And so many times people are in the wrong one. Um, you could even, um, they have like, for like another $10, you can pay for the Gallup Strength Center. Uh, has a couple of good tests that kids can take. But the four primary types, before we talk about, you know, how to implement the soft skills and what they really are, is I think it's important um, to find out where your kids even even belong in a company. And the, two, the four types are visionary, that is the creative thinker, that would be me. Um, there would be the operator, the, toward the manager, the kind of one, the one that oversees, the one that kind of runs everything. Um, the processor would be the, the analytical perfectionist. And the synergist would be the team player. So take that free test and kind of find out where your kids are. I think a lot of times, you know, you got people who, you know, get a job and they absolutely hate it because they're in the wrong position of that, of that company. And mm -hmm. I think so many times if these companies would just, you know, take a few moments and kind of find out, you know, who these people are and where's the best place to you know, put them, I think it makes a difference. Right. And I think we, so. we assume um, that, you know, they're going to get this kind of, uh, you know, figure this stuff out when they go to college, and that's why it's so important for us as homeschool parents um, to really be in the role of a guidance counselor for our kids um, or seek someone who can help us with this, um, especially in the high school years, 
and sort this out because um, it is something that is very important. You know, I'm with you in the visionary area, and uh, yet two of my kids have always said, you know, they they will never be entrepreneurs. They want to work for someone else and, you know, get a paycheck, <laughs> whereas everyone in our family has had their own business. Um, so, and that's because they fall into a different category. You know, they're more of in the operators and they're more analytical um, or even team players. So, you know, they they fit better in that way. And so helping them to understand that, you know, really helps as well. So that's that's great. And it's really true. Um, you know, have you heard all those things circulating lately, Jean, about um, we don't need algebra anymore and there's all of these things that they're talking about that we teach in the classroom uh, that kids never use in real life. Wow. No. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I've never heard that. But you know what? I guess we could chalk that up along with the fact that they're eliminating cursive writing, they're eliminating uh, spelling. You know, we don't need that anymore. And, you know, I think it's just another way to dumb our kids down, uh, honestly. So, yeah. uh, no, I, th- that doesn't surprise me at all. So, but no, yeah, but you're right. We, I think a lot of kids do waste a lot of time or and or money, you know, going toward a degree or, or working toward something that, that really ultimately they're, they're going to be unhappy in because it's really not how they're fit or how they're made. Mm-hmm. So okay, right. so let, let me let uh-huh. me before we get into actual the um, interpersonal uh, each one uh, type of skills, I want to do I, I do want to ch- talk about the difference between hard skills versus soft skills. Sure. Um, Basically, the, your IQ, that is the left brain, that's the one that has the rules. Rules always say the same. This is like book learn programs or math, you know, something that took you 16 years over the course of time to, to learn. Um, that's your IQ. The EQ, or your emotional intelligence, um, is where the rules can change. These are sort of things that are learned on the job. Uh, or instilled in your upbringing. So it, there's a difference to know what your IQ is and what your EQ is. So which one is, which is more important? Well, you know, honestly, it depends on the career. So, for example, a, a job that has more hard skills and very little soft skills would be somebody, someone like a, a physicist or a research doctor, someone who's kind of behind the scenes and very concentrated, but yet they're not necessarily around a lot of people. Um, maybe uh, one that would be more soft skills, less hard skills, would be a salesperson, a salesman. Someone's out in the public constantly um, interacting with people, you know, basically uh, selling some product. Um, and then maybe someone with both skills kind of on an even basis might be someone like an account, accountant or a lawyer. So they're, where they're kind of using both their hard and soft skills on a daily basis. So really, it, a lot of it comes down to the career you're choosing. Um, not that everybody should not have these interpersonal skills, uh, you know, intertwined in who they are, because they are very, very important. I think one mm-hmm. thing that that I learned as a, lack of a better word, a CEO, someone who has people underneath me, um, when looking for someone, and and that is when your students, your your child, as you're raising them. And you're teaching them this daily life and, and, and you know, what they, how they should act and character. I think one of the things that we should tell our kids is um, be irreplaceable. And, and I know that everybody is replaceable. We know that. But if you 
you know, are at that kind of employee. Let's say you're now in high school and you're working a part-time job or you're through college and now you're looking for your first job uh, or even changing jobs, you know. If, if you can come in and basically take on an attitude of I am – my job only as an employee is to be low maintenance and to make you look good. And I think if we can come off of that kind of attitude, you can be irreplaceable. You can be, you know, when the boss is looking around and thinking, okay, I need a downsize or things aren't working right. But what is the one person that really doesn't give me any trouble? The one person that really is really a out for the company. They're a, they are, they're a team player. And so I think we kind of have to get, even as family, you know, Obviously, we can't replace anybody in our family, but we can, you know, have that attitude of, I am here, what do I need to do? You know, mom, what, what's, what's going on today? How can I relieve your load today for some of the older kids? And I, I mm-hmm. think this is just a, a character building response that we should have just as, as a, you know, person in society, as a, as a Christ follower. So I think that's really important. That's what, so, I think that's that's wonderful. Hold on, Jane. We are going to take a quick break here. When we come back, uh, we're going to continue on. But before we go to break, I wanted to share, too, um, this happened uh, to my brother. He ended up changing careers. We owned a restaurant as a family, and then they inherited it, my two brothers, and then decided that they were done, um, like, at 20 <laughs> with the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. And so they both went to college, and my one brother decided he wanted to be a CPA, but he's very personable. And, and uh, anyway, end of story, he lasted for about uh, six months to a year. He, he hated it because that just wasn't him. So he was able to take those skills, and now he's got a, a management job where he oversees a big team, and he's really happy doing that. So, you know, we um, sometimes go to, to those um, careers that we think, you know, are good because he looked at the CPA that handled all the restaurant stuff and thought, oh, look at he's he's doing really well and making a really good income and, and that looks like an easy job. But, you know, he just did not like it when, when it was his turn to do it. So these things that you're talking about today are very, very important for everyone. And when we come back, we are going to hit those six uh, first key items um, on the list. We'll be right back. With College Prep Genius, free college can happen to you. That's right. It's never too early to start thinking about test prep to secure your future. Imagine getting free tuition, room and board, free grad school, and more based on your SAT score. College Prep Genius is the key to free. This award-winning, nationally featured program teaches students the logic behind the SAT, You'll learn to answer every question in 30 seconds. Raise your score as much as 600 points and go to the college of your dreams for free. Visit College Prep Genius to know more. Well, hi and welcome back. This is Felice Gerwitz. Today I have Jean Burke on the line and she is discussing discussing uh, soft skills that pay the bills. Welcome back, Jean, and uh, we're going to get started with these uh, soft skills that are on the list. Great. Thank you. You know, another word for soft skills is interpersonal, basically pertaining to the relationship or the social interaction between parties. Uh, Oftentimes, they're referred to as non-cognitive or employability uh, and distance 
dispositional. <laughs> okay, it is. I am jet lag from Ohio. Dispositional. <laughs> there you go. Good thing uh, people can cut us slack. We are human. So interpersonal. I want to start off with I in the word interpersonal, integrity. And, and as I said in the very beginning, you know, as, as a homeschooling mom, and I maybe your audience are probably not homeschooling as well, so it's, again, it's something that as parents we are doing uh, daily on a daily basis as we are guiding and nurturing our children as they grow. Uh, integrity. This is where, you know, these companies are saying, you know, we, we can't trust the people that we hire. You know, the, there was a statistic saying that 68% of high school students all admitted to cheating on a test, which mm. is a very disturbing, you know, yeah, number there. Heartbreaking. And, yeah, yeah it, it really is. And so that kind of lack of integrity is carried over, obviously, into the job. You know, if, if something doesn't change. But as a parent, you know, for, to teach our kids integrity, you know, it, it goes back to rewarding the honesty uh, and punishing the deception. And, you know, showing our kids that, you know, it, it, you, you do reap what you sow. It does come back on you. Um, teaching our kids to keep their promises, their commitments. That's, that's a big thing nowadays. You know what? Even if you don't like it, even if something better comes along, if you said you're going to do it, you're going to do it. And maybe next time you'll think a little bit longer, you know, before you commit to it. And I think sometimes, especially with our younger kids, you know, maybe doing some role playing with some scenarios about certain choices and teaching our kids, you know, you know, here's, you know, here's a couple things that are going out there and can, you know, one might lead to something that would be full of integrity and something may not. So as we go through it with our children, and, and we kind of do it already as we're teaching them, but really letting them see what, what happens if you choose A, what are the consequences, what happens if you choose B. And I, I think, too, as families, um, you know, as we're instilling integrity in our children, you know, discussing, you know, our family values and, you know, establishing ground rules. I think a lot of times if there are no ground rules, it's always harder later on to come back in and say, you know, to add them in later. So if you lay the foundation in the beginning, then then they know where you stand. And, you know, if you break the rules or you attempt to break them, you know, there's obviously, you know, going to be some consequences to your actions. But I think it's one of the biggest things that the world that we live in where we, we see people who don't have any moral compass. And so it does, it's not that big of a deal of them to cross a lot of lines. We need to not be value neutral. We need to have a stand and say, this is what we believe. This is what we're going to do as a family. This is what we're not going to do. And then stick with it. You know, I mean, we're, not, you know, we're sinners, we're human, um, and we all tend to compromise. But I think it's really important, especially as parents, modeling that in front of our children. If we say we're not going to watch a certain kind of television show, for example, um, and we kind of start getting on that slippery slope and doing that, then our kids are watching. We are the best example for them, and they are they are watching. And so for us to be able to note that our kids have that integrity, you know, we have to have it as well. So I think that's really important. Um, let's talk about networking, the end in interpersonal. Um, this is where, you know, again, a lot of companies are saying, you know what, we've got these great, brilliant minds working for us, but yet – they don't understand how to network. They don't understand how to get along with someone. They don't understand, you know, how to be a team player. And I think one of the things that we as families can do is, is incorporate that teamwork, you know, as our kids are growing up so that when they are later on faced with, you know, a team project or, you know, 
working at a company where you have to be around other people and you have to sometimes, you know, put your heads together to come up with solutions. I think that um, we're doing that at our home. And, you know, some of the ways that we can do that, you know, our family game night, you know, they do a lot more than build teamwork or networking. But what they do is it, you know, allows, you know, everyone to have a turn. It allows everyone to have a say. It allows winning and losing and competition and, you know, something that you're going to face with, you know, ultimately down the road, whether you're in in school or your job or whatever. So family game nights are awesome. I think that, you know, one of the things I do, I love board games and I collect them and I've got so many. And, you know, I love to go to thrift stores. I mean, I picked up some of the most amazing games for like 50 cents. I mean, some games that were like from the 60s that you had never, nobody had ever heard of. And, you know, somebody was cleaning out their old attic and found this old game and said, oh, I got to get rid of this thing. And I go, I go pick them up. So those are fun. <laughs> you know, I have a friend who has, she has old board games, the, the actual board itself that you, you play on and she has them all over her wall. So that's kind of that's cool. the, yeah, the decor for her game room. Um, sports, you know, sports, and you're a great testament to this as well, but sports is a, another way to, to build teamwork and, and, mm-hmm. and that networking. And I don't mean, you know, the giving the, you know, the trophy for participating kind of thing, but going out there and working hard um, and seeing the results for it. People playing together. Right. I mean, nobody can win a baseball game with just one person playing or a football game. You know, it takes everyone to do their part. And so sports is a great way to instill it in our kids. And then I think another uh, way that we can build this is through chores. You know, obviously we homeschoolers, you know, our kids are going to be doing child chores every day. And I think it's a missing component for a lot of families because their kids are at school during the daytime. And so, and mom and dad are away working. It's really hard because everybody's tired and they got so much going on to really get the kids on board to do their chores at the end of the day. Um, but I think what we can do is I saw somebody talk about sharing chores it's not boring when you share your jobs and your joys. And so sometimes if you've got, you know, a, several kids, you know, put them together to teamwork, get something done. Sometimes it's a lot funner lot, and a lot better, you know, when, you, when you're when you both working on it together. You don't, neither one of you want to be there. Neither one of you want to be doing it. But together you can talk and play and laugh and get it done a lot faster. So, again, it's building those skills that ultimately down the road. And, you know, as, as you know, siblings all have different personalities, you know, and so you've got to learn to work with them. You know, one of you might be, as you and I were talking earlier, the neat freak, and the other one might be the slob. And so as you're working together on a certain project and maybe you're washing dishes together and the, the neat freak is going to tell the slob, hey, you know what, you need to go back and rinse that again. You know, so I think it's... Yeah, you know, we, have that, we have that happen <laughs> well, you know, How did you know? I, exactly, because I, I have one of each, too. Um, you know, so it's um, it's it's just ironing, iron sharpening iron. You know, it is kind of funny about my kids because they've kind of changed roles. You know, my son was the perfectionist, neat freak growing up. My daughter was like me, and everything was everywhere. And, you know, over the years, they've kind of switched roles. And I, I've been in my son's room, you know, he's over at law school, and... I walk in and there's stuff everywhere. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So, you know, I certainly cut him in some slack because he's an adult now. But also the fact he's in the library studying 12 hours a day. But then you go to my daughter's house and, and you know, she completely freaks out if things are out of place. So it is funny how you can even change roles even though you still may be the same personality. Um, it is, it right. is it's great. It is really great. Uh, so let's go on to uh, the key 
and interpersonal time management. You know, you, you can't really manage time. It's not like you can borrow a second here and, you know, borrow a second there. But you can manage the, within the time that you have what you do in that time frame. I remember for us, you know, we had one of those dry erase board uh, monthly calendars that was for, had the 30 days, 31 days, and it was on our refrigerator. And we did everything color-coded. You know, I, you know, each, my kids all had a color. Me and my husband had color, and so I could glance up there and know that oh, my daughter has ballet. I'm gonna say my son has drums. My husband has a doctor's appointment, and and I will give you a hint about those dry erase boards. And I learned this the hard way, and that is to use wet erase markers, not dry erase, because one somebody comes up and brushes against that thing and wipes out the whole calendar. It's going to ruin your day. So, you know, those red, red race ones are great because, you know, you write everything in, and the only way that you can clear it off is, of course, to wash, you know, a wet rag. So I do recommend that. Um, one of the things that I that I taught my kids, and I learned this a long time ago, when I may or may not have had to go to defensive driving, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I learned to um, – and okay, so the light was yellowish-red. Okay, so as I went through it, you know, after after four cars in front of me went through the yellow part, it kind of was a little orange when I was going through it. Um, but no, uh, so, uh, you know, I learned that, you know, you should add 30 minutes to every hour that you drive. So if you have to, you need to be somewhere and then it's going to take you an hour to get there and then tap on another 30 minutes and add in that hour and a half because what that does is that allows for you to, you know, if there's a wreck, if there's, a, you know, traffic backed up, something, anything and everything can go wrong. And, you know, and what the worst case scenario is you arrive early, which always makes you look good. But um, it gives you, it takes that stress. So you're managing your time as you're driving because now you're not stressed that you're, you're going to be late or that there was a wreck in front of you and now you're going to be behind. So as a general rule, adding 30 minutes to every hour, um, can help your kids, you know, when they're going off to their part-time jobs or they're going off to college or their their career, whatever it is, it's going to establish, you know, that habit that they can use forever. I think another thing is for our younger kids to get them really in a disciplined mode is to teach them to prepare everything the night before. You know, we're all up in the morning, we're scrambling, especially if you're at a co-op, for example, and you got to get there and dad has to go to work and everybody's trying to get everybody out the door. If the night before, if they've laid out all their clothes, they they have, uh, you know, got their supplies ready, whatever it is, it's there. Then in the morning, you know, if you need one thing, it's not that big a deal to find it. But trying to find everything and pick out everything in the morning is very uh, stressful. For, and multiply that time to however many kids you have. So teach your kids right. saving time in the morning starts at night. It's kind of like the saying of, you know, preparing dinner after breakfast. You know, once you do with breakfast, if you can pre-prepare your dinner, it really makes a huge difference in the evening, you know, when you're getting ready and so much is going on. And I think one of the best books I ever read, and I don't know if you ever have heard of this speech or not, but it's called Eat That Frog. And mm-hmm. it is Yeah, a, or Eat the Elephant, about, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it really basically the same premise is that, you know, if you had to eat a frog every day, you would get up and do it first thing and get it over with. And so it comes, same thing when it comes to, you know, managing our time. You know, if you've got a child that hates math, 
because now we're going to talk about homeschool a little bit, then have your child do math first thing because that makes the rest of their day easy, downhill from there. Otherwise, they're dreading it the whole day, and maybe it might be hindering some of their other classes. So it's like, let's mm-hmm. find out what your worst subject is, and let's get up and let's do it first. Let's eat that frog first thing. And, you know, if you've got younger kids, you know, they're little doddlers, and they, you know, they just kind of like dilly-dally around and, and for whatever it is, their chores or whatever, one of the things I think is a good idea teaching them their time management is to set a timer. So, you know, if you know that it's going to take them two minutes to make their bed or whatever, but they tend to just like, you know, you know take ten minutes to get the thing done, you know, set the minute, you know, set that timer for three minutes and say, you know what, if that timer goes off and your bed is not made, you know, then there's going to be a consequence. So I think we really need to direct kids on board of, you know, realizing that everything, there is a time for everything, but there's more important things that we need to do. So we really, you know, need to not straggle on things that are really not that important or that we can really be efficient in. So that's our our time management. That really is. Yeah, that really is because if we can teach our kids to do that at an early age, it's going to save a lot of heartache, that's for sure. And, you know, when you're in your job, your career someday, or even if your kids are doing a part-time job, um, you know, they are they are watching the kids who are using their time wisely, who are not the ones over there texting um, on while they're on the clock. You know, I, I had a, a, a family that um, their daughters came and seeing the house me sometimes, and, and you know, I, I sort of noticed that the older one that was there, um, I don't remember, she was probably 15, maybe 16 at the time, I noticed that she was um, starting to text while she was, you know, cleaning my house. So I said, you know, I'll pay you $10 an hour to clean my house or $5 an hour if you're going to text while you do it. Mm-hmm. And so um, that kind of stopped the texting, you know. And you're not doing that on my time. And these employers aren't wanting their the people that they've hired, the people that they're paying to be on Facebook or social media or texting while they're doing their job. Hey, do it on your break. That's fine. Not a problem. That's your time. Um, but not on my time. You are less, less productive. Okay, so let's talk about empathy, uh, e, the E. Um, you know, we, we live in a world where I find that these kids of today, because I teach thousands of them a year, so these, you know, many, many teenagers, and I find that there's just this entitlement society. You know, the world owes me something. And I think that empathy is not being taught. I, you know, it's something, yes, it's a person, sometimes it's a personality, but a lot of times it is us showing our kids that, hey, you know, this is not all about you. There there are so many needs out there. And so we as parents, as we familiarize ourselves, you know, with, you know, with how different the world is and teaching our kids that there are lots of differences out there. There's so many different people um, and with different beliefs and different upbringings. And, you know, when you get to a job someday, you know, and if you can't relate to other people, if you think everybody should be like you, then you're going to be missing the whole point. So teaching our kids to look at other cultures, other traditions. You know, no, nobody asked to be born in America. You know, there's a – I don't know if you have heard of the um, the long-neck family, the long-neck tribe, but it's it's really yeah. interesting because we when we were in Thailand last year, uh, it, it is really interesting to look at. It's called the long-neck village, and it's where these people literally um, – they, they start putting these – these heavy gold, band, gold bands around their neck. 
and by the time they're adults, their neck is stretched to about at least one and a half or more times of our neck. So they have these really long necks. It's, it's their tradition. It's their upbringing. And literally if they someone were to cut those bands off, their neck would break because they don't have any strength in their neck. And, you know, we, we look at that and we're trying to go, wow, well, who would ever do something like that? That's just so strange. But you know what? We didn't ask to be born here. We didn't ask to be born, you know, uh, in, a, in a situation or in a surroundings where, you know, we have Christian values and maybe even being up, you know, brought up in a Christian home. Uh, and this is just how they are. This is, uh, so we need to have our kids look around and say, you know, this is, this is how different our world is. I mean, the homeless, I mean, they're in and of itself, you know, is a, a ministry in itself as our children, as we see people who literally don't even have a roof over their head. They don't even have a couch to sit on or if they just want to flop down and watch the TV. They don't even have that. They don't even have a bathroom to go take a shower. And allowing our children to, to get, you know, involved in maybe some of those ministries, even, you know, volunteering as a family in, in homeless shelters, not just Thanksgiving or Christmas, but, you know, throughout the year, it just really shows our children um, that people out there are hurting and have such great needs. The disabled, I mean, you know, people, you know, no family, no parent asks to have a child that has special needs. Nobody does. Right. You know, and and sometimes in lot that's the in life how you're you're the lot that you've been dealt, and you know, but we need to look at that as the compassion and the empathy toward those families, and probably the daily struggles that they go through that we don't even think about. Sometimes just you know whether bathing someone or feeding someone or helping them go to the bathroom, something that we make and take for granted that we don't even think about. So it's, I think that's really important. And as we teach our kids that, as we get involved in other people's lives um, that are less fortunate, less fortunate than us, it does build that empathy for them so that when they are in situations where they are maybe at school or college or at a, a at their job someday, and they look around and they can, you know, have feelings for those people who are struggling in areas that we maybe have never had to have a, had a problem in. So I think that's real important. One of the things I think that we did, and I think that it shows my kids now as adults because they still do it, is we did sponsor a child with Compassion International. And you know, there are a lot of a lot of companies out there with similar kind of protocols, mm-hmm. but right. it's it's writing to those kids monthly and and having a picture on your refrigerator as if you're one of your child, one of your own children, and praying for them daily. Dwee, the little boy that we had for so many many years, with first little boy Pedro. We had him for two or three years, and unfortunately, his family had to put him out in the fields to work, so he could no longer go to school. They switched us over to a young boy who was in Indonesia um, named Dewey, and we got to see Dewey grow up. We got to see him go from a little boy um, to graduating school, you know, and, and knowing that the small amount of money that we gave, and I think it was like 20 bucks a month, allowed him to go to school, to have clothing. You know, we, on his birthday, we just sent him a little extra money to maybe get something that he didn't have. And, again, knowing that someone all the way around the world is benefiting from your daily prayers, from your little bit of money that you're spending. And, and again, knowing that there are people out there um, that, that can't just walk into their bedroom and play with their toys or go out in the backyard and swing on the swing. These are, these are kids who have nothing. And anything that they get, right. 
that, you know, they're so thankful for. So that's empathy. So, and you that's know so wonderful. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. And what I was going to say is, you know, this is, a, you know, a big complaint you know, from a lot of these companies. I had a lot more quotes, you know, that I've, that I've gained and gathered about, you know, how these home, these, these uh, business owners can look at their employees and, you know, maybe there's some struggles in the company or whatever, and the people are like, oh, you're having problems. Oh, well, I'm out of here. And instead of saying, hey, what can I do, you know, as a as a team player, right? How, you know, how can I, you know, give some of my resources or cut back on some certain things or what can we do as a company um, that can enhance our company, that can also help the company. And I think that comes from that that empathy that you already have. Most people are all about right. themselves, and if it doesn't benefit you, you know, we're out of here. The A W I F, you know, the W I F M. What's in it for me? Right. And, and it's it's you know, such a nice change, I think, too, as homeschoolers, that this is something we can definitely help our kids with. And this year, at Christmas time, my teenager um, was asking me to purchase her things that had a story behind it, like the backpack was made somewhere like in Indonesia. I don't remember exactly where. And when I looked at the price, I thought, wow, this is kind of expensive for this backpack. But then I looked at the website and I looked at, you know, who is making the recommendations. And um, and when we got it, Jean, I was really impressed with the workmanship. You know, like I would have even paid mm. more for it. It was It was really nice. And something else about some kind of key necklace that she was actually going to buy her cousin and then changed her mind about. And, again, this part of the proceeds went to this you know, foundation. And I was I was just amazed that these were the gifts she was asking for that the offshoot of that went to someone else. And recently I was invited to a jewelry party and normally I avoid those things, um, like the plague. But again, this um this entrepreneur, two daughters and um their moms went into business and they went into countries where, um, you know, moms had to give up their kids or, you know, there was just like a, you know, huge oppression, basically it's governmental oppression. But they went in and they were able to employ these women so that they could stay home with their children. And it's a beautiful story. And it really does get to you, you know, empathetically. And, you know, the jewelry is not that expensive and it employs people. So I think you know, this is um, definitely an amazing trend. And, and because of that story behind it, you know, I'm one of these very soft-hearted people. You know, I'm going to have a jewelry party, you know, which I don't do. Um, but, you know, it, it, there's these, these kinds of things are out there. And I probably um, wouldn't even have thought about it because um, I'm so busy, as you know. Uh, you are too, um, but but I wouldn't have even thought about it other than you know my daughter jogging my memory about it because it's really easy I think as Americans to just write a check and be done with it you know um, for the most part you know what you described is different because you are engaging and my niece did that with uh, a little boy who has now grown up and she's a nurse now and as a as a child um, at high schooler she went over. Um, and I don't even remember what the country was, but she went over and um, and helped uh, in this village. And this, she's been pen pals with this young man and has helped him through school. So it's those are amazing things. And you're right. Um, you know, it's she's an emergency room nurse, and people will come in and specifically ask 
for the perky blonde. <laughs> they say, mm-hmm. you know, where's the happy blonde nurse? We want that one. You know, and that's exactly what you're saying, making yourself invaluable. Well, we're almost uh, getting to the end of this podcast, so I want to get these next two. One is resourcefulness, and the next is problem solving. So let's get to, to those. Okay, great. Well, you know, resourcefulness is where we teach our kids to take the initiative without being asked. This is where they have to be very proactive. Look around. You know, I have to brag on my Daniela, although I'm sad I didn't tell you this, please, but she's actually leaving, which uh-huh. I'm lost and having to give it over to the Lord because I don't know what I'm going to do, but he's good and he's great. But um, this is something that I, she will do. Uh, you know, I'll just, I could be on the phone, someone asking for something, and before I'm off the phone, she's already researched it, handed me the paper, and, and it's done. I mean, it's just, well, she's already looked it up or whatever it is. And so... Right. She's your, your, your assistant. That's who that is. is. I know who she is because I've worked with Jean and I've worked with Daniela too. But yeah, that's who that is. So wow. Yeah, she's, she's great. But teach our kids that, you know, I mean, you know, look around. Do you see someone struggling in the house with trying to do something? Instead of being Mm -hmm. told, hey, go help your brother do this, take it upon yourself to go over. And I, and employees, I mean, people like that are invaluable. I, like right. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do without her, but I know that God is going to provide. But, you know, she to see someone take that kind of initiative uh, in just everyday things, is it, it, she blesses me so much. Um, you know, the opposite of resourcefulness, honestly, is negligence. So if we think, it, think of about that way, you know, um, it might give us a different take on it. One of the right. things that I talk about when I do the my um, How to Build an Amazing Homeschool Transcript, I talk about what's called the Congressional Award. And I, this can fall under the resourcefulness because it is a, it is a very, very prestigious award that I really encourage every parent out there to check into. So go to congressionalaward.org and what it is, your child takes the initiative. Your child sets goals in four areas of their life, personal uh, development, physical fitness, community service, and, um, I, and uh, I went completely blank. But anyway, four areas. Uh, okay, we'll have that they, link on the website. <laughs> yes, this is my jet log. I'm at a different. I am at next week. I'm in Missouri. So <laughs> and then after that, I'm in California, <laughs> and then I'm in Alaska. So this is my life. Oh, but anyway, gosh. so so the reason I love this to help build resourcefulness in your child and then that initiative that these employees are looking for is because you, as a parent, don't do anything. Your child sets the goals. Your child has to meet them. And in the end, if they meet all these goals uh, and you have an outside mentor, you know, checking on them, then what happens is they actually get invited to uh, Washington and they can receive the, the Congressional Award, the Gold Award of Medal from Congress. And it's also a very prestigious thing on their transcript. Um, but it does it, – it, they are the ones who do it. And it, it, it's great because mom and dad don't – are not involved at all, and you have, like I said, someone else who's kind of overseas. So it sets them up for not only the consequences, which are which is an amazing award, but being able to just go in there and and just do it. You know, we have a um, kids who, you know, I, I talk about lots of uh, very prestigious awards that kids can receive, and so this kind of thing is kind of like being an Eagle Scout. You know, only about two percent mm-hmm. of Boy Scouts, you know, become Eagle Scouts, and so it's something mm-hmm. like that they have done that 98% of their peers couldn't even do. And so it is wow. something important. And, and I think something else is too is as, as, a, as a family, having our kids take charge of a task, it could be planning a monthly meal 
or even a weekly meal, but it's where they're going to look in the cabinet and see what they need to buy, what needs to be put on the grocery list, uh, making that list, going to the store. If they can drive, great. If not, you know, taking them to the store, them going through, them going through, finding the best price, and then, you know, creating that meal. Um, it's something other, you know, where they have to take charge. Um, if, you, if you've got a 15-year-old, 16-year-old who's applying for their driver's license, you know, have them call the DPS. Have them get that booklet. Have them figure out what they need to do. What steps do I need to take that I can get from A to B, B to C to get that license? So really important. Little things that we do. And, again, things that we're doing daily as we, you know, we're teaching our kids to be independent thinkers and doing this on their own. And lastly, problem solving or being a problem solver. One of those much-needed skills that are so lacking today as an employee of a company, you know, coming in with those critical thinking abilities to be able um, to solve something, to be able to negotiate if necessary, whether it's with another, whether it's a, with a colleague, whether it's with another company that you're dealing with. We, we need to teach our kids conflict resolution so they can be a good problem solver. Mm-hmm. And, and let, let, I'll give you the steps of um, conflict resolution as we, as we uh, kind of wind down here. One is defining the problem. Define what it is. What, what is going on here? What is, you know, that, what is it that we need to figure out what we, you know, what, what the problem is? Um, and then identifying several potential solutions. You know, we could do this, you know, we could do this, or we could do that. Um, and then taking those solutions that, you know, you have come up with and then kind of evaluate each alternative. You know, if we do A, this is, you know, we could go in this direction, but if we go decide on B, going to go this way. And then after you've evaluated and kind of weighed everything out, then, you know, choosing one of these solutions and then, of course, implementing them. And then and, and then after you've, you know, done that and done every step, then evaluating the results. You know, did I get the results I wanted? If I didn't, let's go back and if I'm unhappy, if it's unsatisfactory, let's go back and choose a different solution or, or if anything, maybe seek some other help that we can solve this problem. So, um, and, you know, again, things that we're doing daily that maybe aren't on paper, um, but as as you are, you know, pointing your kids to the right direction and, and daily dis- discipling them and disciplining them, you're kind of doing that already. Uh, so right. I think that as you know, as as we do as we build these interpersonal skills with our children, it's going to last them a lifetime as they go off into the world, whether it's into the military, whether it's going into college or to a career and ultimately, you know, into their dream job they want someday. And, and these employees are looking for your kids because, they can, you know, they might find, you know, these kids might walk in the door with the needed skills, but they don't have the daily necessary skills to really carry out a day-to-day uh, job, that they're, a task that they need to be that employee. Very good, very good. Well, thank you so much, Jean, and I can't wait for the next podcast, uh, which will be Keep Your Job, Seven Important Soft Skills. Uh, that is going to be the next one that uh, piggybacks on this one and gives us the rest of the acronym on interpersonal um, soft skills. And also there will be links for the predictable success um, little test you talked about as well as the congressional award um, link there, and of course, links to Jean's website at collegeprepgenius.com. Thank you so much, Jean, and I can't wait for the next session. We'll talk to you later. Hey, thank, bye. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. Well, thanks so much for listening to the College Prep Genius Radio Show. 
You can find more episodes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast or listen on iTunes, on your favorite podcast app, on your phone, on your computer, or on the go. Remember, visit collegeprepgenius.com for more information and we'll see you soon.